Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics. It's soil health. If you've got any questions about that or anything going on in your farm, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphd media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, with soil health, I'll give you a couple things to start, and then we're going to hit the Ag PhD mailbag. So first of all, I'd just say air for all those living microbes in the soil is incredibly important, and I think it gets undersold. I really do. I mean, the air in your soil is free. Now, it may not be free to get the amount of air you need. Where I'm going with this is if you've got a drainage issue, you got to put tile on the ground. Just put tile on the ground and have this over with. But besides that, if you can build soil organic matter and you have the right amount of calcium in the soil, your soil will also drain a lot better. So those are the three things. It's tile, it's building soil organic matter, and it's having good levels of calcium, like 65% or more on calcium. And quite frankly, if you're having a drainage issue, I'd almost like that calcium closer towards 75% in a lot of cases. So I'm not saying always, but in a lot of cases, I'm talking 75%. If you just do those three things, the odds are extremely high that your soil health is going to improve because your soil life is going to improve. So the other big thing that I think we undersell in agriculture is just what all those beneficial living microbes can do for us in the soil. But in order for them to thrive, you have to make sure they have air all the time, that they don't drown out at certain times of the year and get killed. And then the other thing is they have to have food. And by food, basically it's, we want to have great plant roots. Plant roots will kick sugars out into the soil and those sugars will then feed the microbes. Well, this doesn't work if let's say three months out of the year, you have nothing growing out there. That's the whole reason why there's fallow syndrome in corn sometimes. So if let's say you had prevent plant, you don't put anything out there, nothing's growing. And then the next year you go back to corn, all of a sudden your corn's purple and you're like, what the heck happened here? I, I, I think I have good levels of phosphorus in my soil. Well, you do, but the beneficial microbes that will bring the phosphorus into the plant, uh, you killed them off last year because you didn't give them any food. Now, a lot of people will talk about cover crops. You don't have to raise cover crops to feed those microbes. Just raise a full season crop. That's what I tell people in our area all the time. I mean, just think about it. We're planting literally in some cases and quite often before the frost even comes out of the ground. I know if you farm in the south and you don't deal with frost, you're probably like, those guys are nuts. They're planting into ground that has frost in it yet? Yes, we are. Corn or beans. I'll do both. And it's been successful. And then on the flip side, a lot of times uh, the frost is starting to go in the ground when we are harvesting in the fall. So we have, we don't, there's no need for a cover crop there. We have raised a full season crop. We've had plant roots. We've had plants growing 100% of the time where plants could grow where we had the weather to grow them. But anyway, again, the plant roots will kick sugars out into the soil. It feeds a lot of the microbes. And then when it's annual plants and those plants are decaying, they're giving food back to the microbes again. So... Anyway, there's there's a lot to talk about here with soil health. We're going to get to more of that here in just a little bit. But right now, let's hit the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, 
first question comes from Jacob, and Jacob said, all right, guys, I, I heard about your uh, fertilizer removal app that you've got, and I went ahead and downloaded it to use as a comparison. I've been using Snap Plus through University of Wisconsin Extension. That's their nutrient management software, and I just want to understand uh, your app correctly. So I set a 70-bushel soybean goal, and it says... Uh, total removal is 304.5 pounds of nitrogen, 67.9 pounds of phosphate, and 154 pounds of K2O potassium, and so on. Is that a recommendation to apply pounds of a product to get those values, or is that units of NPK needed? All right, Jacob, first of all, those are the totals, not just crop removal, but also for the stover for 70 bushel soybeans, and that is units of, of each, of nitrogen, of P2O5, phosphate, K2O potassium, <clears throat> not pounds of product to apply. So I'm not sure how that compares. I wish you would have put down how many, what, what Snap okay. Plus was recommending too. I'd be curious to see. Yeah, I haven't looked at that system, but a lot of times you will get recommendations based on what fertilizer you're going to apply. In other words, you say, oh, I want to apply potash, and it'll tell you how many pounds. Um, the fertilizer removal app is not that at all. What that is, is it's telling you how many nutrients it will take to produce the grain, how many nutrients it'll, it'll take to produce that stover, and then, of course, the total if you just add the two. But we don't care where you get those nutrients from, the soil, or any application you're making, but you got to get them from somewhere. Oh, and don't forget, soil organic matter mineralizes every year too, releasing nitrogen, phosphate, and sulfur. So you can also get, in addition to soil, you get it out of the organic matter. So if you want to call that soil, whatever. But the point is, yeah, this is total nutrients that that crop needs, not necessarily what you need to apply. All right, thanks for, for the question. We really appreciate that and the clarification. Get this from TF. He said, guys, you're talking about uh, tips for even emergence in corn. Uh, and here's a big one. If you can go slow with the planter, go slow. Uh, don't forget, the first man to 400 bushel 20 years ago did it with a finger planter, but he would put a can of Coke on the planter, and if the can fell off, he would slow down. You're absolutely right, TF. That's uh, Francis Childs, and he would do that. He, he did like to go really, really slow. But we didn't have the high-speed planters that we do today. Now, just because they say high-speed planter does not mean we need you driving 10 miles an hour through your field. But with the high-speed planters, what they are doing is dropping that seed more effectively and consistently. So you should be able to go a little bit faster than his two miles an hour and get nice even placement of the seed like he was getting at that speed. Listening to Ag PhD Radio today, we're going to be talking about soil health, but we'll also keep our phone lines open to take your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutrition N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. 
This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Last year's fertilizer cost too much. This year's fertilizer still costs too much. So maybe next year... Ahem. Maybe next year, instead of paying whatever the market dictates, you should find a new source. Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the crop nutrients that are already in your soil, so you can use less fertilizer and capture the yield you count on to turn a profit. I said to turn a profit. That's more like it. Learn more at sound.ag. Think ahead to planting. Schedule your planter inspection with the experts at CNB. Make sure your equipment is in top shape and ready for the field this spring. CNB is your local John Deere dealer offering expert service and customer commitment. Learn more or schedule your appointment online today at DeerEquipment.com. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at FarmShopMFG.com. Soil health is our topic today on Ag PhD Radio, and our phone lines will be open too if you have comments or questions about the topic of soil health, or if you just have an agronomic question for your farm on really any agronomic topic, we would love to help you. It's 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Matthew Wallenstein on right now with Syngenta to talk just a little bit about soil health. Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. You bet. Well, this is a big topic, soil health, and I know Syngenta does a lot of work on it. Uh, what are some of the key factors that, that you found that are impacting soil health? Well, you know, soil health is an exciting term that, that um, evokes a lot, of, a lot of emotion and really resonates with people. But when it comes to the science of soil health, it's really important that we think about what, op- what outcomes we're trying to optimize for. And really, the, so the factors that impact soil health might depend whether you're trying to optimize for yield, nutrient use efficiency, water holding capacity. But I think, you know, we can, we can say that a few things are really key. So soil organic matter is important. pH obviously is really important. And then there's this whole realm of biology, which I think, you know, increasingly over time, we've come to appreciate how important it is to have a biologically active soil. And that's really where sort of the frontier of applying the science to practice uh, really, really is exciting. Yeah, it sure is. And and there's a lot going on. I, I know we think a lot about water and air and having that right mix for everything that's living in the soil to, to really thrive. Uh, to me, oxygen is one of those things that that we really want to improve. Uh, I know we've got compaction issues. We've got occasionally flooding issues. We got, it's not easy. You think, oh boy, oxygen in the soil, yeah. that should be really simple. Even that can be a little challenging. You bet. And you're right that, it, that it's, a, it's a critical factor. And really it, it, it's a you know, factor that's impacted by how that soil structure is impacted by management and something that, that, you know, can take a lot of time to um, to restore once it's once it's uh, once you have compaction or other damage. 
So what is Syngenta doing to, to work towards this soil health goal and, and trying to help farmers out with this? You know, we, we know that it's really critical that companies like Syngenta help farmers find ways to both, you know, maintain and, and improve their yields while, you know, fostering practices that improve that, their soils over time. And so the first thing we do is, you know, provide the tools that enable practices that, that improve soil. So we all know, you know, what those are. So no-till, cover crops, maximizing uh, crop rotation diversity. We, we know those things are all important. And, you know, companies like Syngenta provide the tools that enable farmers to do that at scale. Um, second, you know, we're, we're working on new ways to provide insights, precision insights into soil variability and then action, make those actionable so that farmers can take that information and it's not just a pretty map, but it gives them some, something to do better and to get an opportunity for improvement. That's a work in progress. We're uh, in Europe this year. We're launching a new precision soil mapping service called Interiscan, so that's going to be exciting. Um, and then down the line, we're always thinking about what other tools can we give farmers to improve their soils. And, you know, that's an area where, where we're going to be, um, you know, providing new innovations over time. So a lot of those might come through our biologicals, um, might come through new, new traits in our, in our crops. It's a, there's a lot of potential out there, and, uh, you know, we're committed to, to that journey. Yeah, it's a big topic, and, and farmers have a lot of questions. And uh, I like one comment that you made there, enabling farmers to do this at scale. And and that is always something that, that we hear farmers say, okay, that's a cool thing, but, man, how am I going to do that on several hundred acres at one time? Uh, and so having yeah. some tools like this is, is really important for farmers. So thanks for the work that you're doing on this. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to to see how your Interiscan works over in Europe and and. Hopefully we'll have something like that over here someday too. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. Bet. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, you know, when you think about this, there are a lot of farmers working on this, and everybody's got a different angle. Uh, we got our friend Kelly Garrett on right now. He farms in Western Iowa, works with the Extreme Ag Group as well. Uh, Kelly, how you doing? Good. How are you, Darren? Well, pretty good. I mentioned something earlier. We were just talking with Matthew Wallenstein with Syngenta, and I mentioned how important oxygen is. I know it's something that you guys have worked on. Uh, I mean, yes, you got some hills that you deal with, but that means you also have some valleys. <laughs> and, and you probably have some challenges <laughs> where there's too much water in some areas, not enough water in others. And uh, I don't know, farming is never easy. Absolutely. Uh, soil health today, I'm excited, Darren. This is my favorite topic. Uh, you know, like you you talk about, you know, what is, what is soil health? To me, it's a balanced soil, and, and, that's, and we need to achieve that, achieve balance from a nutrient perspective. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I know we just got done with um, spending three days with Neil Kinsey and, and his group, and they talk about that a lot, about, man, if we can get things like calcium and magnesium and then NPK and sulfur, if we get those things in balance, it's amazing how much better uh, microbes can survive and thrive and micronutrients can become available. It's just, just a big picture there with balanced fertility. I, I agree. And uh, to me, agronomy is chemistry plus biology. 
and it seems like everybody in our industry want, right now wants to talk biology, biology, biology. And that is, it, it's incredibly important, but if we don't have the chemistry por portion right, if we don't have the balance right, the, the biology, as you know, only works sporadically, it's hit and miss, and it doesn't behave the way we want it to. So if you get that chemistry balanced, you know, 10 to 1, phosphorus to zinc, 7 to 1, carbon to nitrogen. If you can achieve those balances, 1 to 1, potassium to magnesium, when you achieve those balances, then the biology comes around and then special things happen from a yield standpoint. You know, when you think about that uh, and, and balancing out some of these different things, we're not only feeding the crop, we're also feeding all those living things in the soil. And, and that's a big deal. I look at organic matter on our farm as something that, that I take as a, a huge win in the work that Brian and I have done over the last 30 years managing our ground, trying to build up those organic matter levels and, and just have have a safe place there for the microbes and a food source and, and a spot that's going to release nutrients for us through mineralization. Uh, how much do you take those things into account? I, I know you've got some ground that's newer to your family and you got some ground that's been in your family a long time. You got the next generation coming into this too and all the lessons to teach. Uh, what do you see in some of the differences in ground that you've had for a while? What are the big challenges there that you had to overcome? Oh, you're 100% correct. It just it takes time to balance that soil and heal that soil from the sins of the past. You know, and uh, a high-yielding no-till system, what we're learning about it, and the nitrogen, for one, that is being mineralized there, and, the, you know, the potential disease pressure that that nitrogen brings on because there's so much more nitrogen there, Darren, than what we ever thought possible. And the micronutrients and the carbon uh, you know, or the uh, the additional micronutrients and carbon that we need to put there to balance that nitrogen. It, it's something we, Mike Evans and I, have really been working on here this last last crop here, and we're ready to try some new things going into 23. And I'm very excited because I think we're going to make big strides. Well, you know, trying new things is really important too, and it's it's challenging for us as farmers. We kind of get set in our ways of, okay, well, this works, and I know I can raise a crop doing it like this, that sometimes it's a little risky to, to get outside of the box and, and try those new methods, but it's certainly something that you've embraced, and, and you found some things that work great and some things that you didn't like, and now you know, and you don't have to do them again. We're the same way on our farm. Yes, you know, and I, I feel like, as farmers, you know, as, as young farmers, you know, you and I are about the same age. We're always taught that we need to build the soil. And that is important that we have to have adequate fertility there. But it's more important to balance the soil. And just putting more and more of, of more N, P, and K out there isn't always the perfect scenario. You know, the, what are the three most important elements in corn production? You know, I think that the natural guess would be N, P, and K. It's not. It's carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen. The corn plant is 45% carbon, 45% oxygen, and 6.6% hydrogen. So when we're talking N, P, and K, that's 3.4% of the whole formula. We need to make sure the soil has, has the right balance of all of the elements, just not N, P, and K. Great stuff there, Kelly Garrett. You find him with Extreme Ag and uh, pretty much anywhere where corn growing and the state of Iowa are concerned. Kelly, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. You bet. Have a good day. Talking soil health on today's Ag PhD radio show. Stay tuned. This is Officer Jones calling for backup. 10 4, location? Graber back 40. Looks like we've got Palmer amaranth, kochia, some common water hemp. Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending Tough 5 EC. Come on, put your hands up! Guys, we're surrounded. 
Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgian Crop Protection. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Ag PhD has one mission, to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the Ag PhD Insider Magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips, insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our in-field research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the Ag PhD Insider at agphdinsider.com. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking soil health on the show today. But wow, we're always open to any agronomic question. We got a bunch of them that have come in for the Ag PhD mailbag that we'll get to here in just a little bit. If you've got a question for us, you can email us radio at agphd.com or you can just give us a call at 844 44 Ag PhD. Real happy to have Darren Dillon back with us right now with FMC. Darren, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being on today. What's what's happening with FMC right now? What's going on? Well, we wanted to uh, take the opportunity to highlight uh, some of the some of the challenges that we see in agriculture, and and really come down to some of the mental health challenges that we see. Uh, nothing new, but not often talked about. And as uh, I think many in the industry know, FMC has a strong focus on safety, as as many folks do. Uh, and that doesn't end at the physical point. I mean, that really, that really does uh, continue on into the mental health 
piece. And uh, we're really trying to, to, to see how we invest some time and energy in, in spreading the word about breaking down the stigma around talking about Talking about mental health and and getting uh, you know farmers and people in the ag industry in general to uh, to get out there and and uh, discuss it and and make sure that we're you know uh, staying safe uh, both mentally and physically. Yeah, it is a big topic, and you think about all the things that farmers have gone through just just in the last few years. Here, it's it's been a lot of stress. The market conditions have dramatically changed, and I know a lot of times you say, "Oh boy, this is great. The prices are high," but prices are high for everything. Interest rates are on the rise. Land prices are up. Uh, it, it can be an awfully stressful time, and of course. We're raising crops and we're raising livestock, and there's no guarantees there with either of those. So farming is a pretty stressful thing. It is very helpful to be able to talk about those things. Yeah, it, it's a tough business, and and you're isolated as well, right? I mean, you're these are these are individuals out, right? You know, running their own business, and and maybe don't always have uh, you know somebody to talk to about some of the challenges they face. Uh, to your point, um, you know, it costs a lot more money to, to, to raise that same dollar of revenue, right? A lot of investment and, and uh, we know there's a lot of pressure and, and we all feel it. We're at the mercy of Mother Nature and the markets um, and, and it's a two-sided battle that can be pretty difficult. So it, it's time to, to, to get out there and talk about it and try to change some of the stereotypes and, and uh, make sure that we're opening up the dialogue. Well, we're kind of excited about that. Your your uh, program coming up, Uproot the Stigma, is is needed in this industry and, and others, but uh, it's really nice to, to have an agronomic focus or, or an, an agricultural for focus, I should say, to, to really handle some of the specific things that are going on here. So uh, thank you so much for, for FMC for, for doing that. And certainly uh, FMC is kind of navigating through some challenging waters here, supply issues and, uh, you know, some exciting new products that are in really high demand just lots of stuff going on for your company too yeah we're we're excited it's it's uh, going to be a tricky year this is a transition year i think for everybody and uh and obviously everybody's you know being being a little more careful about about what they're bringing in and what they're buying uh, for the upcoming year but we're excited we're starting to see moisture come down a lot of areas and and uh and we're looking forward to what the year brings yeah, yeah, we are too. And, you know, you think about the weather patterns changing a little bit and so forth. And here we just got another foot of snow out here, Darren. I don't know if you heard about that, but man, we, this winter just doesn't want to let go of us. But by the same token, I, I hear growers out in Pennsylvania already out scratching around in fields, kind of getting ready to get going. So it's a little bit of everything as you travel across North America. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, I, I come from Canada, so uh, where I. I worked for 20 years in the ag industry and uh, so i'm not used to seeing this such an early start in the season or to hearing from folks down in texas that that as you said they're already underway and and out here they're they're putting things in as well so yeah it's quite it's quite a change for me well, thank you so much. I guess I, I just want to say on behalf of, uh, of farmers everywhere uh, for focusing on mental health and offering some help uh, with the Uproot the Stigma program. I really appreciate that, Darren, and uh, good luck to you here as you start your new duties down here uh, in, in the States as well. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, and thanks for the time. You bet. Thank you. I got cheers. All right, Brian, uh, you know, a lot of things, you know, Darren brings up a great, great point there of, of mental health. And as we get started into this next growing season, you know, yeah, we've got some big picture things like soil health that we're talking about today, but got to be safe, got to take care of yourself as you go. 
Yep. One of the things that our dad talked to us about all the time, too, is he said, you know, if you just sit around and just spend too much time doing all this self-evaluation everybody talks about, sometimes that alone could drive you crazy. So his big theory was just stay busy with stuff. And I mean, honestly, on the farm, we have so many things where we can accomplish something. So he, for example, he would talk about how Boy, if I go out to work in the fall and I'm doing tillage, I can literally see what I did every day. If I go to work on a piece of farm equipment, I can see what I did every day. And it gives me a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment. And then I'm focused on success instead of focused on any of those things that could be going wrong potentially in my life. So that was... That, that was something that he told us, I mean, years and years ago, and I, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I try to stay busy also. And when you are busy and you're focused on good things and looking ahead, then, I mean, that's just something that has seemed to help me, and certainly that helped him, and that's why he had told us about that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, good. But it, you know, when you do run into problems, don't don't feel like you're alone. It's certainly something everybody's going to go through struggles and sometimes they're they're just too much and you need to talk to somebody else about that. So don't be ashamed of that. That that is so 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 common. Uh, and and we're going to see that all the time in agriculture. Every year is going to be a challenge, no doubt about that. Uh, hey Brian, we've had a few questions come in. Uh, if we can dive into the Ag PhD mailbag and a couple of these here as we get yep, going. Yep, go ahead. To uh, well, one, this kind of per- pertains to the soil health topic. This comes from George, and he said, okay, you guys talked about building organic matter, but I've also heard you say that you didn't want organic matter levels over 10%. Why is there a limit on organic matter if it's a good thing? It just ties up a lot of stuff. It doesn't allow water to move well. I mean, for example, when you get above 10% organic matter, you'd have to have tile lines ridiculously close in your soil, maybe 10 feet apart or 15 feet apart. I haven't run the exact math to, to see where what I would prefer. But you also get more tie-up of nutrients, of herbicides, just everything. It, 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 it can become a challenge. Not that you can't still raise great crops there, but you're probably going to have to farm it a little differently. And this isn't, I mean, this is so rare that this would happen. So if, let's say, for example, I had, uh, let's see, one time I was out in North Carolina, way on the east side, and they had uh, soil with, I don't even remember what the organic matter percentage is I ever written down, but it was way higher than 10%. And so because of that, then they had to have all kinds of little ditches for water. And I, I mean, it's just, it's different. It just requires different management. So no, it's a lot easier if you've got your organic matter, say 7% or less, 8% or less, something like that. All right. Uh, we talk about leaving crop residues out in the field too. And we get some feedback here. This is from Kevin down in Iowa. And he said, all right, I'm curious, what is the estimate of a commercial value of the nutrients that we'd be removing if we took the corn stover off the field? If we raised 200 bushel corn, for example, don't know how much would it cost to put it back? And it's a great question, Kevin, because it's going to vary. Yep. It really is, depending yep. on how much rainfall you've had after harvest is just one thing. I know potassium and other nutrients can flush out of those stalks. So. Mainly potassium can flush out real easily with rain. But yeah, you'd have to test that residue that you're hauling off. Without a test, we don't exactly know. There, Like Darren said, there is a lot of variance. Well, I know. And once you see what there are for nutrients, then you just figure, okay, what would it cost to replace those commercially? And you go from there. 
And, you know, the, yeah, and that's the other thing is the price of fertilizer goes up and down too. So I know a couple of years ago, there's a grower we were working with said, well, I'd figured out it was $30 worth of just nutrients in the, in each bale that he was hauling off. He goes, I had to get 30 bucks for each bale just to, to break even on the nutrients. But he said, I'm, I'm also giving up that carbon <laughs> from those stocks. And how do you put a value on that? And I, I don't know how to, how to do that. Cause it does have some value covering the ground, protecting from erosion, those kinds of things. So it's just something you have to think about. Most growers are just pulling off a percentage of the stocks just to get some of them out of the way. So it isn't so much to deal with, with the planter, but yeah, you have to, you have to just Send in a sample, find out what nutrients are in, and figure out what it costs to replace it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It takes balance to be successful in farming, because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. There's no time to mess around when it comes to early season protection from yield robbing pests and diseases. Ethos XB insecticide fungicide is the next generation of at plant protection. Through your liquid fertilizer system, get broad spectrum defense and create an environment where seedlings can vigorously emerge with more uniformity, helping to optimize your productivity and yield. Get serious seedling defense with Ethos XB insecticide fungicide. Ethos XB insecticide fungicide is a restricted use pesticide. Always read and follow all label directions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Don't turn your fertilizer application plan into a guessing game. Understand exactly how much fertility you need to reach your yield goals with the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App. Simply enter your crop and your yield goal and the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App calculates the amount of nutrition needed to keep your crop healthy and working for you. Quit playing guessing games with your fertility needs. Download the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App today. Available on the Apple App Store and in Google Play. Warehouse, what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions.
Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're talking soil health on the show today, but we got one of our favorite all-time guests on right now, Dr. Jerry Willem with AgroLiquid. Dr. Jerry, I hear that you're going to be retiring soon, and does that mean you're not going to be joining us on Ag PhD Radio anymore? Well, I don't know about that, but I guess one positive about that, and yes, I am retiring. Tomorrow's my last day here, but I will get to listen to this show every day now. I mean, sometimes it's kind of hard when you're working to 3 o'clock roll around and stop and listen, but now I'll be able to. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, Retirement well-deserved. You've certainly done a lot of stuff over the years, and uh, you've been such a resource for us, too. I really appreciate it. Yep, 30 years I've been here with AgroLiquid, and that's one good way to put it, that I've done lots of stuff. (laughs) Okay, so reflecting back, what are some of the big things? Now, we're talking soil health today, and I don't know if that relates into any of the big things that you've learned or the big changes that you've seen over the last 30 years. Uh, What do you see in developing, and and what do you think the next 10 years is holding for us in agriculture? Well, when you're someone like me, it's easier to look back. I, I just made a couple of notes that I uh, I can still remember in 1993, I was at the Farm Progress Show, and that's when they were talking about combine yield monitors. And it's just like the world had changed when somebody said that. I just didn't know that was coming, and I said, that's just impossible. How in the world can they accurately measure yield as you're going on the combine? And now now we don't even think about it anymore because it's so commonplace. And and then, like with GPS technology and flow control on the pumps, when we were starting out on the research farm, we had to use stopwatches and graduated cylinders to set our rates and you know adjust speed and all that sort of thing. And and probably nobody would nobody do it that way anymore. And it's just just so natural that we we have it all easier now uh, as far as that goes. But it has to be easy because you know ground's getting bigger, working longer, working harder, and maybe less help on the farm. And so anything like that can be, uh, can be, certainly be a benefit. But I remember I was before those things and after those things and after is better. Yeah. Wow. That you're right. It's those things, those big things that have happened just in our lifetime here and in our careers. It's, it's been pretty exciting. Yield monitors have been, man, that's a big, big deal in agriculture. No doubt about that. So, uh, ag PhD radio been around about 10 years. I think if you weren't the first guest on here, you were certainly one of them. Uh, so you've seen different things happen in the media too. I know you've done a lot of stuff on social media just to get the word out of some yeah, of the good things that are happening. What, what have you seen with that? Has that been a good thing? You, do you think, or we on the right track well i think so too i I just remember when i was one of the first guests on your show of course i was all nervous and want to be prepared and i was i was actually traveling in 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 my in my truck and and i remember i pulled over and to be ready on time and i had all kinds of notes scattered all over the front seat and everything you know, ask me how many of those notes I actually used. Exactly none. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> thinking you were going to say you opened the window, and then that was all, yeah. <laughs> all done. But uh, no, it's just basically talking about what you know, and uh, you know that's one. That's the best way to give advice is talk about what you know. You can't sit there and read a script. And so I learned early on that nobody wants to hear a script anyway. So uh, yeah, just talk about what you know, and that's why we like listening to you guys because you talk about what you know and. Uh, it's been a great thing, the radio show, uh, you know, educating farmers and then uh, about all sorts of things, but not just farmers and, you know, me too. I mean, I learned 
pretty pretty much everything I know about tile I learned from you guys. So uh, so that that's been good as far as education. And then something just popped in my head from the previous caller uh, having this type of show where you can talk to real farmers and you know people that you deal with in industry and that sort of thing and university. But you you mentioned you don't feel alone. I mean that's one thing about this show. You don't feel alone. So you're not the only one out there. You know at midnight you know, pulling a disc or something like that, you know, you, you, other people are doing it. And I think that has helped with me, hopefully the mental health of some of the people. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And yeah, I know you mentioned the tile there and I was thinking about the research farm that you've been caring for, for all these years. And I think of all the fields that have, have gotten tile in there and some of the, honestly, exactly. some of the growing challenges that you were trying to fight before, before you guys got all the tile in that you did. And then I think about all the equipment advances that you've had, uh, just to be able to execute small plots, to, to gather the data as efficiently as you do and, and put out studies just year after year on so many different crops. I mean, what a cool career to learn as much as, as you got to learn or, or were forced to learn. I'm not sure which way yeah. with all those different crops you worked with. Well, you come in with a certain level of knowledge that you get from studying and working and that sort of thing. And then, uh, you know, you use that, but the, yeah, the, the learning never stops. Uh, you, you still got to learn what's new. And like, like you mentioned, the tile, we had to kind of be careful because we knew which way our plots were going to run and we couldn't run tile the same direction as the plots because that favor, favor some of the rows and not favor some of the other rows. So we oh, had sure, to, sure. We had to make it so the, the tile runs actually perpendicular to the rows, you know, just, just things like that. Uh, that, you, that you're always got to be thinking of. And then one thing that we pride ourselves on at the North Central Research Station is uh, that we're, we're using uh, larger equipment and larger plots. I mean, yeah, well, we, we're using a six-row planter and a 15-foot, uh, you know, set, actually 17-foot grain head, and you know, which is small by by uh, today's standards, of course. But uh, you know, we're trying to trying to use real farm equipment and. And uh, with our applications and our sprays and that sort of thing, so they can kind of simulate real life farm uh, instead of the, you know some of the short little plots and things like that. So sure, but yeah, it's been learning all the learning the whole time. And one thing that we try to still keep track of is you know the subject soil health. And uh, you know for for so long people thought soil health just meant microbes, but yeah, there's so so many other things that's been brought out. And that as far as, you know, keeping roots in there as long as you can and, and good tilts and drainage and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's a big uh, interla- interacting puzzle, so to speak. Sure, sure. So a big career starting out at Oklahoma State with some education and then uh, uh, doing all the things that you got to do. What's next? What's next, Dr. Jerry? Well, uh, it's funny. A lot of people are asking me that, like I have some big elaborate plan. Well, the the first thing I'm going to do is to not work. <laughs> I got plenty of projects, you know, with with, with uh, jobs in agriculture. You never have time in the summer to do all the types of things around the house that you should do. We got some land behind the house, and so I'll be busy with a chainsaw and different things like that. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, so I'll definitely stay busy. I do want to – I don't know how much time, but I, I do want to share just a couple little re- reflections over the years sure. that, that have happened. I, I remember once I was driving – and I was listening to this show, and and Brian said that we should add water to starter fertilizer, and and I almost drove off the road when I heard that, and uh, and you know he had a good point that you got to be safe on where you place it and watch your rate and that sort of thing, but that 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 caused a little bit of a 
a reaction. And then one thing, I was on the show talking about something, I think it was wheat fertilizer, and I said that we aren't paying as much attention to nitrogen in the fall for wheat because we're following soybeans. And he challenged me saying, well, you're not getting nitrogen from the soybeans. The reason the soybeans, uh, you know, you don't need, I put on as much nitrogen on corn the next year on corn following beans versus corn on corn is because of the residue. It's not the nodule, uh, you know, remains. And, and, and he said, go look at your soil test. And I, and I kind of felt stupid after that. I mean, it's not the first time that I did, but, but, uh, yeah, sure enough, we looked at our soil tests, our fall soil tests, and I did that again today just to double check. You really don't see more nitrogen in the fall following soybeans than you do on corn. It is a matter of a residue. And so, yeah, I, that's one thing about Brian. He's not afraid to challenge you. So <laughs> he keeps, keeps us honest. And so, but I enjoyed that. But, yeah, and then Darren enjoyed uh, the years that we were working with you on in one of your fields, the blank slate, you know, showing the importance of the word balance has been used a lot here lately. And talking about nutrient balance, where you got to pay attention to the micronutrients and, you know, sulfur, secondary nutrients, and those sorts of things. And so balance comes in comes into play a lot of different ways. Yeah, no doubt about it. that's something I've certainly learned through experience. So no and doubt. a lot of it's because of this show. Well, Jerry, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. It's fun going down memory lane a little bit. Congratulations yeah. to you on a, a career well done. I uh, hope you have a great and long retirement. Yeah, thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed being a, a regular guest on your show. And like I say, now we'll pass that torch and I'll be listening a lot more. You bet. Thanks, Jerry. We really appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gainground. This whole midnight ride thing is getting really... But the HPPD-resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Oh, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. Every week for more than two decades, AgPhD-TV has provided agronomic information to make your farm more productive and profitable. In each episode, we discuss a wide range of topics covering everything from crop fertility, promoting soil health, improving the environment, pest control, and more. All designed to help you push your farm to higher yield goals and more profitability. Be sure to catch us on Tuesdays and Saturdays on RFD-TV. Check your local listings or visit agphd.com to learn more. My mom's got a new case ice tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. 
Stay in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio. Right before the break, Darren was talking to Jerry Willem with AgriLiquid, and right at the end, Jerry mentioned the, the work that he had done with us on Darren's what we called blank slate field a number of years ago. And one of the things he didn't mention that I, I thought about, and I'm like, boy, I want to talk about that just a little bit, was just the, the conversation of liquid fertilizer versus dry fertilizer. We have been so dry at periods over the last, well, our, our farming career, if you look at every probably five, eight years, we got a drought year. We actually were in drought for two and a half years prior to all this snowfall we've gotten now this winter. But because of that, sometimes we put out dry fertilizer and very little breaks down year one. In fact, when we put on big rates of dry potash, we'll figure it takes three years, three years for it to fully break down if we're in a slightly drier cycle. Three years. <laughs> so here's my point. That blank slate field that we were talking about, this was some ground that Darren had picked up years ago that literally had no fertility. I mean, like no fertility. We did the soil tests and the labs would put on like one part per million and they just said, well, it's just because we don't put on zero parts per million. We always give you at least one. <laughs> So anyway, when you have soil like that, sure, it's fine to build overall fertility with dry. You can do it less expensively than liquid, but we use some liquid all the time on our farm because we want to make sure that we have stuff available for this year's crop. Now, I'm not saying we always use it at high rates, but we always use at least some liquid fertilizer because of the availability. So anyway, when we start talking about soil health, that's another thing that kind of plays into this too in terms of how many nutrients are going to be released. The, the better soil health you have, the more you're likely to get out of your soil's organic matter, the more you're going to have just all those microbes working on literally anything that you put down in that soil. So overall, with soil health, I, I would just say this. We've noticed a big difference on our farm over the years because of the drain tile we've done, because of the fertility we've put out there, and balanced fertility. So we've raised better crops, and then that leads to better soil health. And you can just see it in the tilth in that soil. So we've been growing organic matter. And you don't necessarily have to use no-till and cover crops to do some of these things and to have a good, healthy soil. Now, is it possible that we would have had healthier soil by using no-till? Yeah, it, it sure is. But, I, but just by going strip-till a lot of our acres, we've been able to increase soil organic matter, minimizing the tillage and things like that. And cover crops absolutely fit. It's just like I was explaining earlier in the show. 
um, you got to have some growing season left in order to raise a cover crop. For us, it doesn't work in our corn soybean rotation unless we're doing silage because of we're, we're planting as early as anything would grow and we're harvesting by the end of when anything would grow. So there is no time for cover crops. But yeah, if you were raising small grains or like I said, silage, I mean, then absolutely we're, we're raising cover crops. So anyway, lots of things to talk about with this soil health. If you ever have questions on that, you can certainly send us an email or definitely give us a call. All right, let's get back to the egg PhD mailbag. What you got next there, Darren? All right, this one's from Tristan. He said, you guys have talked about tiling to bring down soil pH. I've heard that spreading elemental sulfur would tie up excess calcium and free up phosphorus in the soil. Is there truth to that? If not, what would you recommend doing if tiling is not an option for us here in north central Kansas? Well, I don't know why tiling wouldn't be an option for you, but let's put it this way. The reason why your pH is high could be a number of different things. A lot of times it means something's in excess. Calcium, magnesium, sodium, salts. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that could throw that pH off. So by having the tile out there, the purpose is so we can flush out the excesses. With this elemental sulfur that you're going to put out, what's that sulfur when it converts over to the sulfate form, what's it going to bind to? Is it going to strip calcium out? Is it going to strip magnesium out? Is it going to strip sodium out? I don't know without looking at your soil test. So I, I just say if you don't have good drainage, you, you shouldn't be using elemental sulfur anyway because in order for elemental sulfur to properly convert over to sulfate without problems happening in your soil, you got to have air there all the time. Well, if you have poor drainage and your water table's high, that elemental sulfur isn't going to work right. Here's what will happen. Instead of it converting over, so basically, elemental sulfur has to react in the soil with water and air, and microbes have to break it down. Although, If all those things aren't present, here's what's going to happen. Your, your elemental sulfur will most likely, instead of turning to hydrogen sulfate, it'll turn to hydrogen sulfide, and your soil will smell like rotten eggs. That's not good. That's not what you want. So you've got to have great drainage first. If you don't have that, forget about elemental sulfur. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to use 20 pounds or 50 pounds of elemental sulfur, that's that's fine. It's, it's no big deal. But what we're talking about is if you wanted to lower your soil pH with elemental sulfur with 200, 500, 800 pounds, that's a whole different deal. Don't do that. Don't put on big rates unless your drainage is fixed first. All right. Uh, this one comes from Chris in South Dakota. He said, guys, this is a bad spot in a field where corn and soybeans yield half as much as the rest of the field. The corn breaks over, the beans pop on the ground. Wondering what you think the problem is out there. And uh, I guess I got a, I got a few thoughts there, Brian. I, I circled sure, a couple ahead. things on that test. Well, to me, Chris, it looks like a poor poorly drained spot. Yep. Uh, and there's several things on that soil test that would lead me to believe it's poorly drained or very slow draining. And because of that, you've got more disease issues out there. For those soybeans to, to pop open and end up on the ground, you oftentimes have anthracnose setting in. With the corn for that breaking over, I think you've got some stalk rot or some crown rot going on out there because you've got just too wet to soil at certain points during the year. 
So for me, uh, I would look at drainage as fast as I could. From a fertility standpoint, it looks like you're doing a lot of things right. I mean, there's a lot of good things on that test. Your micronutrient levels for your part of South Dakota, that looks really pretty good. I'd well, be I'd be happy with a lot of the nutrient levels you have there. It's just that we've got some drainage issues that's holding up nitrates. That can be a big problem if you get a lot of nitrate that's present and you don't have as much, um, you know, of all the other nutrients. Nitrates just in a high percentage. You're gonna have problems. You got a lot of sulfate holding up. Yeah, there's sodium. Just a number of things. Sodium, sodium yeah. too is a big yes. issue. Yes. So, and the other thing is your soil pH is 5.7. You got to get that up into the sixes. Our research has shown you're going to lose a lot on corn yield, not necessarily on soybean yield, but you definitely it, are. It on doesn't corn. have to move a long ways, though. I mean, I, I would say my goal would be like a 6 2 or something. So don't get carried away no, on the line. I agree. I agree 100%. But that's a really big thing. But he also has 23 cation exchange capacity. So that tells us that already it's heavy ground. And then these other factors lead us to believe that it's a poorly drained area. So fix that. The other thing Darren commented on was micronutrients, and he said good levels. But there is one other thing. When you say the bean pods are popping open, I also think about copper a little bit. Now, that may be more of the shell popping open, but nevertheless, your copper levels are low. They're 1.4 parts per million. I realize your soil test says it's high, but they're not high. That is absolutely not high. We have a lot of copper levels on our farm now, three to five parts per million, and you're just going to have better disease tolerance inside that plant. Copper is very inexpensive. If you do copper sulfate and you do zinc sulfate, for example, both really inexpensive in terms of micronutrients. Uh, I, I mean, that that's, that's the biggest micro to me that would make a difference for you. But you're at 4.4% base saturation K and 400 parts per million of K. You've got 56 on a P1 and 84 on a P2. Now, I'm not saying either of those is ridiculously high. I'm still going to put out uh, what I need for this year's to raise this year's crop. But your levels aren't so low that you have to worry about dramatic deficiencies causing these two issues that we're talking about. Because generally speaking, when you say corn breaks over, then my first thought is fertility. But to Darren's point, we we just would believe, looking at everything you got here, that you got disease issues going on. Yep, I think so too. Hey, thanks for sending the sample and good luck to you here this spring. I got this one in from Mike. He said, guys, I, I was watching your naturals workshop and I noticed MegaGrow, a plant growth hormone, can be used in furrow. I'm just curious, what do you think about that compared to having it in the spray tank with herbicide where you could have it be a safener for Roundup, etc.? I do a program with Pro Germinator, SureK, and Micro 500 in furrow. We would say try some of that in furrow if you haven't done it before. The foliar, absolutely proven. We want that in with Roundup every time. At least try some in furrow. doesn't cost much. And most likely you're going to get way more gain than that. But keep in mind, as inexpensive as it is, you would if you gain two bushels, you double your money. Three bushels, you triple your money. So how many people are going to see a two or three bushel yield difference? You really need to weigh things out. Thanks for the questions. We really appreciate that. And thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.